Hi, my name is Delphine Goma. I'm a research assistant on the contextual safeguarding team in Hackney. Today I am joined by Ross Tuckley, Business Development and Support Manager in Hackney's Children and Families Service. Ross is part of a working group in Hackney, which is looking at developing Mosaic, the social work database, to record peer group and location referrals. In this podcast, Ross tells us about the work he has been leading on Mosaic. So welcome, Ross. It's great to have you here for a podcast. Thanks very much. Nice to be here. So could you tell me about this piece of work on Mosaic? What is it that you have set out to do? Okay, so I'm currently working as part of the ICT workstream on the Contextual Safeguarding project. And one of the areas we wanted to look at is to what extent do our current social care recording systems allow us to record in a contextual way. Mm -hmm. So really scoping that out and then um, what's left over, what can't we achieve through our, through our existing systems. Um, so one of the, the first things we did was a four day workshop mm -hmm. where we invited um, colleagues from the project team, a representative um, from Servalet CoreLogic who um, administer and oversee Mosaic. Uh, they, a consultant from them came came along, a member of uh, our ICT team, and uh, myself was one of the Mosaic leads. We had practitioners come in, and we had a, a, that first full-day workshop, and um, what came out of that was that there's actually quite a bit of um, capacity within Mosaic to record contextually already. At the moment, the only way we can record as a group is as a family. What we discussed at the, uh, at the workshop was different types of groups being uh, added to Mosaic. So in addition to a family group, um, having a, uh, a, a gangs group, for example, potentially a peer group or even a contextual group. Mm. Um, and it you know, really led us to kind of thinking, what's the, what's the best way to record this? And that, that was probably one of the key challenges as well as how do we record work against a location mm. or against an organisation? So Mosaic is mostly driven as a person recording database. You yeah. record against a, a person, you know, has an identifiable person reference. Less so is it driven by organisations or mm. by locations. Um, however, with help from the Servlock Logic consultant and the, the Mosaic leads, we were able to look at um, updates of Mosaic. So we looked at mm. newer versions that were coming out and looked at their functionality and there's increased functionality within those environments to um, record against organisations and to use things like the postcode to um, okay. start recording against locations. Mm. Um, that still led us to quite a big debate about what happens if a location is referred to us, you know, what, yeah. what happens in practice. And um, I think that's what was really good about the workshop. We had a projector, a test environment of Mosaic, and um, we ran through scenarios and just kept doing them. We set up test records, set up test um, scenarios, test environments, and just looked at what would they be like on Mosaic. 
One of the other key areas that we talked about was recording what would be the group name. Let me maybe talk you through a few of the scenarios we had. Um, one of the sure. scenarios was children being involved in sharing explicit material via social media, mm -hmm. for example. Um, before, how, what kind of group would that be? What, how would we record that? So we discussed it, went through different examples, and the key things that came out, if you had a contextual safeguarding group recorded, how would you title that group? So mm -hmm. what would be the, the name of the group? So in, in this example I gave, um, we said this would be uh, social media, and then the type of social media that was being used, and then the date, so the month and the year. The reason we said social media in this example is because we, we came to a, a, a consistent phrase of saying the key distinguishing factor. If there were eight children, for example, and only six of them went to one school, it was kind of what was the key identifying factor amongst those eight children and in this circumstance with the information available, it was the event, it was the right. social media, Snapchat. And then in, in order to ensure that we can review this information over a period of time, we thought it was important to put the month and the year within the group type. Um, so that was an example. Another example might be um, where a location, maybe a food outlet has been referred to us. So we put the name of the food outlet and the month and the year as the uh, group title, okay. for example. And then those children those um, young people are added to the to the group. Again, that threw up more more questions about how do we record group names consistently in a way that will allow us to review that in a year, two year, three years mm. time and not lose that information and also to be able to see clearly that that children are um, did have maybe some involvement in some contextual work. The, the workshop, and since then we've set up four task and finish groups, of which we've just had the second, so we're just kind of halfway through. There's two main streams of recording contextually that we can find on Mosaic. One is recording against a group of young people, mm -hmm. or a group of people contextually, and then one is recording against a location or organisation where you're doing work with them contextually rather than against a, a young person or with, with, a, with a young person. The practitioner will have to, have to consider when they're recording information that is solely against an organisation or a location or is solely against a young person. So we wouldn't okay. want information that's being done, a sort of contextual piece of work that's being done for a specific young person um, being recorded on an organisation's record, mm. for example, you know, and uh, to an extent vice versa. So you mentioned a few challenges um, already. Were there other key challenges as part of this process and how did you try to overcome them? Yeah, uh, I think one of the key challenges is um, language and terminology. Mm -hmm and um, as a group being consistent around what we mean when we're saying a peer group. So did we want to use the, the term peer group and what does that mean? And then um, gangs, for example, can mean uh, one thing to 
one person and be very different to a, our integrated gangs unit, for example, you know, and members of the public as well, you know, what would what would they consider to be a gang? So um, terminology is kind of a, a key thing and trying to be um, trying to be consistent. So we talked about um, uh, f- things being uh, extra familial, mm-hmm. you know, um, and the other thing is, so when you talk about having consistency in language and terminology, I suppose um, consistency in how we move forward as well and in decision making. So I think one of the things that came out of the workshop and the task group so far is ensuring that we saw the importance of um, of consistent decision making in when a piece of work is going to be done contextually, when you're going to do a piece of work with an organisation or with a location. So at this point we're, we're provisionally saying that that would start at our front of house service and that's where that decision would would be made to again ensure consistency of recording and consistency of threshold Um, one of the other things that came out the difference in recording a location as opposed to recording an organization Mm -hmm. so i challenged the idea of referring a a location like a street name because what work are you going to do as a practitioner with a street or yeah. with a postcode, there's got to be organisations within that that you're going to work with contextually, whether it's the housing association, um, whether it's uh, you know the shop corner or the the taxi rate. I don't know, you know, um, could be could be anything. But I think there's there's a lot to be said that if someone refers a street or a corner or a playground, you know, even playgrounds can be recorded as organisations. So as long as they have a a postcode, Um, it's going back and kind of looking for more information. Um, I suppose making sure that the uh, the external referrer (laughs) doesn't necessarily drive the system. Right. Yeah. Um, And I suppose by that I mean that we have consistency in how we record and how we uh, how we uh, accept what is a contextual referral or not. So I'm I'm not practitioner (laughs) wouldn't know where to go with that I suppose but in terms of looking at it on mosaic what was quite encouraging was that the organizational section on mosaic where you can add different organizations I believe can be used to uh, a very large extent to support Mm. our our contextual work of location areas Mm. so um, so one of the other good possibilities about this is that we have postcodes recorded for each of our organisations that we'd be working with. You can upload documents, case notes, meetings to the organisations. And then if we also have um, the uh, postcode of where, where different um, incidents are mm-hmm. taking place, we can potentially use that information to have a um, more informed view of the, of the area and that should um, support our uh, support contextual work going forward. Again, I, I think it's about trying to tie a location, if someone says a particular street, trying mm-hmm. to tie that to the organisations within that street because those are, in practice, the people that you would be working with, the organisations that you'd be working with. So, yeah, that was, again, one of the kind of key things that... Great. So you, you mentioned that you finished the second of the four task and finish groups. Um, so what are the next steps for this project? Yep. So our third meeting, which is on Friday, so we're trying to have these once a week to make sure we don't stretch out this piece of work, um, you know, for over a prolonged period. 
um, we'll be again using a test environment and we've developed a contextual contact and referral Mm-hmm. Which will um, and we'll be using scenarios to complete that form in a test environment, and then looking at workflows. So looking at the contextual referral, and does that go to then a contextual assessment or um, a contextual uh, plan or conference? Um, how does that work tie in with individual workflows and mm-hmm. family workflows? Um, what happens if we receive a contact and referral that we consider that is contextual but the uh, child is already allocated to a social work unit so really working through those types of scenarios um, what happens if we have a contextual referral about four children and we find out about a fifth in a, you know through further further involvement what are the practical things that we have to do um, to the point that by the fourth task and finish group we'd hope to have a broad proposal for the contextual safeguarding project team to review. We will then develop those uh, work steps and forms more formally, uh, do user acceptance testing mm-hmm. um, with staff members, get their feedback and then begin to train staff. Okay. So, um, with, you know, <laughs> Great. moving yeah, forward. A lot of work covered so far and a lot of things to think about. Um, but thank you very much, Ross. It's, it's really interesting to hear about this piece of work and uh, we'll stay in touch to hear about future progress. And yeah, no a pleasure. Thanks.